0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Callum Sully Podcast. This is season two, episode six, and today I'm joined by a special guest, Bon Collins of Be More Bon. And Bon started off as a client on the JSA Academy, James Smith, and realised how strong she actually was. She got into a lifting, entered competitions, in powerlifting, strength training and uh, ended up becoming a personal trainer herself, which is an incredible journey and story that she has. Um, And that's how we met, because we're part of the same community of like-minded personal trainers. We have the same message that we like to put out there. We have the same sort of belief system on our industry. That's what makes it a great conversation. We're talking all about body neutrality and what that is. But it's okay... If you want your body image to define you, then that's okay, just as much as it is if it doesn't, and that's where body neutrality comes in. Um, so yes, great conversation, as always, the personal trainers, we're very passionate, so it's a long one, we like to talk a lot. But I'm very excited for the episode and for you to hear it, so right ado, let's get into the episode, Calum Podcast, Season 2, Episode 6, with my guest, Bob Collins. Hello, everyone, welcome to another episode of the Calum Soy Podcast. This is season two, episode six. I am joined with a friend of mine, Bon. Hello, Bon. Hello. Hello bon. Tell- good afternoon. How are you? It is afternoon. It is afternoon. It is afternoon. I get because I, I have people from all like, overseas and stuff, so half the time I ask that question and they'll be like, Yeah, good morning. Oh, it's, it's evening, you know. So it's good to have someone who yeah, is yep, on the exact absolutely. same time zone as myself. In the
1: same time zone, yeah.
0: <laughs> so I am in. So, indeed. how are you then? So, um, so um, I've already sort of explained that, so, a little uh, bit about what well, you do, but so yeah, in, in, in your own words, tell us, tell us a little, the listeners, a little bit about you, really.
1: Me, okay. I mean, there's a lot to tell, really, because I'm getting old now, as we know. Um, but, but, um I'm pretty new to the fitness industry, I'd say this literally this next week marks my first year as a coach in the industry. And it's been one hell of a year. Um, I don't fit the mold um, for female fitness professionals in any way, shape or form. Um, but I'm really OK with that. And, um, yeah, I've I've had quite the life I've gone from coming out of a traumatic childhood, um, navigating my way into adulthood, um, figuring out who I was, what I wanted to do. um, And obviously along the way, um, fell into the dieting world. Um, It didn't really work out so well for me over the years. And then coming out the other side of that and kind of settling into understanding how we can do these things in a sustainable way where we can still live real life. Yeah. Um, led me on to wanting to become a coach who could help other people do the same. Awesome. Uh, so that was it in a nutshell. Is That's that good?
0: great. That's it. We'll end the episode there. Thank you very much. So <laughs> there's all my talking points. No, I think that what's so impressive is, you know, most PTs, um, and don't, listen, there there is some fantastic ones, as me and you know, we surround ourselves with some there quality are, ones. Yeah. But unfortunately, there's a lot yeah. out there that don't help. They, they they contribute to worsening the the, the fat shaming rather than than, than helping. Um, and I yeah. put a post not long ago about about it because it, it's like it, it we're we're in the industry to to help people and that goes right deep into the emotion. Simply yeah. just standing there and going, no, it's not okay to be fat. How whether whether there's some. Whether there's even some science in there that's not okay to to say or, or even think if that's what you're practicing, that's wrong, and you're in the you're in yeah. the wrong industry. It
1: doesn't support people no. to. And I think that, yeah, I think absolutely. This... And it is there's
0: this... No, go on, bud. Go on. You're, sorry. You're, I <laughs> was going to.
1: There, there's these. Go. <laughs> no, I going really What I was going to say is there's there's such polarized views mm. because we now have people who. Um, are quite happy to say that it's not okay to be fat um, but don't understand the finer intricacies of what it is to live in a larger body and then on the flip side we have people who are saying oh it's absolutely fine you should feel good in your body no matter what size it is you should feel amazing you should feel confident and then in the middle we've got a group of really quite ordinary people going i don't feel either of these things what do i do Mm. And that's what the industry is doing, creating a group of people who are disenfranchised, feeling very alone, very confused, and they head down all sorts of rabbit holes trying to feel better, trying to feel good in a larger body because they're being told they should, or trying to you know, get smaller and smaller with quick fixes because they don't want to be targets of fat shaming and all that. And I am a target of fat shaming constantly. Um, I get lots of messages from people who feel the need to tell me that maybe I shouldn't be a coach yet because I haven't finished working on myself. Um, And more recently, I had someone um I did a really short reel just saying, you know, if you're out there doing exercise and someone has something to say about it, it says more about them than it does about you. Mm. Um, and someone quite perfectly came along and said, it's always the why is it always the whale beached whales chatting? And it just completely highlighted my point that, you know, that said a lot more about that person than it did about me. And it's it's no surprise that people don't feel confident to get into their fitness um, for the long term yeah. because of everything that's going on. So it is a minefield. It is. It's, it's so ironic that that someone can be that can lack that much basic
0: intellect to to not to completely read through the point of what your real was. To then go and yeah. contribute and be the exact point—the the irony <laughs> yeah. there is 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 unbelievable. The irony, but the, the the thing is, boy, most PTS—I and I, I, myself, you know—you've um, you, mentioned a traumatic childhood and and. and I've been through yeah. one myself but uh, but one thing that I can open to admit is I've never had that kind of issue. My issue was the opposite and I suppose that kind of pushed me into what I'm doing. I was the opposite. I was so skinny. I was like yeah. eight yeah. stone in my late teens you know and I would always have the same thing. It's like You know I used to have the nickname skinny arms and stuff And and, and I'll tell that story and it works the same way. Like I've had I've had people um, come to me and go, here's one, which is a complete opposite, but it's the same principle. Yeah, go on. I had a, uh, this girl, <laughs> yep. and she's a bit, you know, um, not really thinking about before she speaks. And um, she knew I was a PT. Yep. And I spoke to her on the gym floor. This was uh, about five years ago. And she says, uh, oh, I've got a friend who might be looking for a PT. And she she approached me with that. I went, okay. Next time I saw her, I went, oh, you know... Have you reached out to your friend for me? and Oh, well, she's already got a PTC, and he's a bit—he's a bit bigger. And I'm like, not only yeah. is that completely irrelevant, but the fact that you feel that's okay to say to me because it's the the, the opposite. So, it for is. me, I was the other yeah. way. I,
1: it is so. So interestingly, my nickname at high school was olive oil because I was quite tall at quite a young age with large feet and I was super skinny. I was straight up, straight down. And it wasn't until my late teens. Unfortunately, I have polycystic ovaries and most women who have PSOS will have weight gain. Um, You know, we understand more about it now than we did 20 odd years ago when I was first diagnosed but it is even when I was smaller in my teenage years people still felt the need to comment and it's the thing I can't get my head around why is it a society that someone's looks shape and everything are the things we want to comment on like when you see newspaper articles it's always here is such and such famous person in say certain name of one here wearing x y and z uh, she's been hitting the gym lately or he's been hitting the gym or has piled on the pounds, Mm. or is she pregnant? Why are these the things that we focus on? They should be saying, here is X famous person, Um, he's a lovely person, you know, here's some great qualities about him that have nothing to do with what he looks like, because our value as humans has got nothing to do with what we we look like. Mm. Some of the most amazing humans on the planet would probably not be deemed um, you know, marketable or good looking by society standards, and yet they have achieved more of value than people who are very good looking by society standards. Mm. And I think it's really sad that that's where we're at. Um, and and yeah, it just, I find that really awful.
0: It is, it is awful, and it, it, it is a shame, you know. Um, and, and, and I'll plug the links in at the end of the description for people to go and check you out. But you no, know, I, I, I I, obviously, I've checked out your social media and stuff and your work, and the amount of people that you've helped, it's quite sad that you've probably contributed more to the community and, and, and helped more people than these people coming in. Mm. And that's what the reality is. It's like when people come out with these comments, what have you done? What, what have you contributed to?
1: Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, We've become a society that is so tied up in looks and money as things that make humans valuable Mm. and they don't yeah like you could have all the i I struggle with the fact that there are people out there who have so much money they don't need it and yet they and some do do good with it don't get me wrong there are people out there who have more money who do do good things but there are a vast majority who let's face it we know a lot of problems in the world could be solved by the money that is out there but it doesn't Um, And I I just find it really interesting that as a society, we are still very much focused on, you know, how people look and what they have rather than what have they done? What have they done of value? Um, You know, and and one of the things that has brought you and I together in the first place is is Jamie Mm. Alderton. And one of the things that drew me to him as a person was that he put value out there in the world. And it's it stands out because it's so rare. Like it's you know it's just not done enough. I
0: remember um, when yeah. I first heard of Jamie, I, w- I was actually just becoming a well I was just qualifying actually I think it was just doing my my, my PT course, and I was actually following Chris Burges. That was that was how I came across it. And I, I was I did end up joining um, his lift bar, and he was the he was the voice in my ears whilst I was training to to become a PT, um, and I stumbled upon Jamie interviewing him um so then i was like oh who's this who's this guy who's this guy to interview him and it was just like oh you know fitness model grenades and stuff and then we was both in the group with the bar and i think he posted something along the lines of get comfortable with being uncomfortable he did this speech randomly in his group and it yeah. stuck with me to this day and i'll i'll never forget i'm like wow that is hit the nail on the mark but this was before he got into yeah. the, the, the coaching side of things um fast forward we know the rest and and, and here we are with that. We but what do. it's done is create this network of people, like minded people like like myself and you. Um, but how did we get to that point? So you say obviously you said that people used to call you about being skinny and then we got to a point. So there's a gap here between where you were and, and Right now, you're you're you're, yeah, you're, yeah. you're a su- su- successful PT. You you know you're representing Bulldog. You know how ha- how you you built a gym in this? Is it a garage? <laughs>
1: it's, so um, that was so. Be- <laughs> we're going too far <laughs> ahead, but we're going to go we'll get there. I, I'll let you know if it's a garage or okay. not later on in our conversation, okay. shall I? <laughs>
0: so this is what I mean. So where you are now um, to, to where you were. So ha- what yeah. happened in between? Like, how did we get there?
1: So when I hit about 18 years old was when I finally discovered the real world um, because my childhood was so different. I grew up in a cult, which is very rare in the UK, um, and there's a whole load of things that go with that. I don't really talk massively openly about mm. it. I just refer that, to that I did because um, what is of importance is that I survived. I'm here. I'm a successful human being and I'm happy. Um, and that's all that really matters. The finer intricacies of that. Mean so it's nothing a bit like really first, rule, the of, first of rule of fight club so, type thing. It's a bit
0: like, you know, like, first rule <laughs> of cult. Well,
1: I just, I just feel like you get <laughs> The first rule, no, the first rule of Bond's life is we don't talk about the first 18. No. <laughs> I, I do. When I go and do a talk somewhere, I will. But I just feel like so many people tell stories and it almost sensationalizes mm. them. And that's not the important part yeah. of my story. The important part is how did I survive that? Yeah. How did I go on to still be yeah. here? Um, that's the bit that matters. Um, but yeah, I do. when I do a talk, I will like often refer to a small snippet mm. to give people an idea of this is what I survived. Yeah. Um, so I came out of there, and really fortunately, two weeks after I was, I left home. Um, I was just eighteen; uh, had only just turned eighteen. I met my husband, um, and um, we started dating, um, and. I really became very conscious of my size. Um, As I was in the run-up to leaving home, it was something that had been commented on. So I'm one of six children. um, There were three girls, three boys. The two other girls were both very slim. Um, And as I had gone into my teens, because of the polycystic ovaries and not at that point understanding nutrition and activity, I had started to put on a bit of weight. But if I look at back at the pictures of me then now, I was still so small. I was probably a size 10 to 12 at most. Right. Um, but I got it into my head that I really needed to lose weight. So I kind of started um, in the early days. I had very disordered eating, um, adjusting to living on my own and being in the real world was very scary. So I'd I'd not eat an awful lot. Yeah. Um, and, you know, then that, that became I'd run out of energy and I ended up quite poorly. Um, and that didn't go so well. And then from there, I just had this relationship with food whereby we'd never really had a very varied diet growing up. So I just wanted to eat everything because why wouldn't you? Because I also thought, well, when will I eat it again? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I kind of went on this rampage of I must try everything out there. Um, and this is from someone who growing up, I had a real issue with meat and it wasn't because, well, I do love animals, but it wasn't that. It was actually the texture of it and I was forced to eat it Um, Even if I didn't want Mm. to. And so when I left home, I actually had the freedom to explore if I liked it or not. And when I first went home for dinner with Jake's parents, I didn't want to be rude. So I actually ate some. And because there was no pressure and I was choosing to, I really enjoyed it. So it became an exploration of food because for all these years I had, I'd never had things like pizza. This sounds crazy, but I'd never had, I know. Uh, (laughs) I'd never been to like restaurants for dinner. So it was a massive sudden explosion of here is food and food is amazing.
0: Food is amazing. So I
1: kind of got lost in this thing of, (laughs) isn't it? (laughs) I kind of got lost in this thing of exploring what I could eat, but because I didn't understand energy balance, I ended up larger and larger. So by my mid-twenties, I was, you know, larger than I had been. Um, And we then started trying for a family because we were married. And the polycystic ovaries was then kind of discovered. And, um, you know, the one thing that medical professionals kept banging on about was you need to lose weight. You need to lose weight. You need to lose weight. So um, I embarked on, if you can name a diet program, I've done it. I literally cannot name one that I haven't. Um so and I now refer to it as twenty years of market research <laughs> for my job now.
0: <laughs> what a great way to look at it. Back then
1: yeah. <laughs> because I now know what people coming to me who have been doing those things feel yeah. like. I know, you know, where their head is gonna be at. I you know, I've been there, you know, I uh, eating five hundred calories a day um and and free freezing shakes so you could feel like they were food mm. um you know that left me almost suicidal within a few. did you have and I would did do you have all these um, different
0: fat burning coffee beans from the from Colombia for 50 pounds subscription a month I,
1: s- I didn't have the coffee beans because I'm not a coffee uh. fan but I did have all the berry ones and yeah, stuff like the yeah. capsules stuff like that god knows what i put in my body <laughs> over the years i did also at one stage Drink um, lemonade made with pure lemon juice, cayenne pepper, and oh, cucumber. What? That was bloody what? awful. I was going to say lovely. I think the that
0: lemonade, the lemonade with cucumber um, that was fine, the be- but the, the, you, killed, you, <laughs> you killed you lost me a bit. Cayenne pepper.
1: No, well, apparently that burns fat off like there's no tomorrow, Callum. Absolute lie. Mm. Just makes you really hungry. Um, <laughs> oh, an aloe vera juice. Did you ever do that one? I've not done
0: it, but I've heard uh, of it. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, aloe vera smells like. Cornish pasties, let's just put it out there. Like real aloe vera, fresh stuff, smells like Cornish pasties. I've had a plan. do you imagine uh, yeah. drinking a gloopy <laughs> a gloopy gel that smells like Cornish pasties? I literally was holding my nose down in that stuff. It was awful. So many, many years of doing that, never stuck at any of them for any more than I think the most I ever did was six weeks right. um, and just actually got larger and larger because every time I failed at one, I would eat all the food again because I'd missed it and I had, you know, really upset (laughs) myself and just ended up with this really bad relationship with food altogether. So 2018, um, I think was when I probably hit my largest and I weighed in at 322 pounds, which is 23 stone. Um, And I, we were going through a really tough time. We were um, in the process of adopting, um, we'd been foster parents for a long time. We had been in a fantastic position where one of the children needed to be adopted, and we were put forward for it. Um, but unfortunately, at the very final court date, um, my weight was used as a reason why we couldn't. Wow! And it just it blew my mind because I was fit to foster, mm. but when it came to adoption, that was a real bugbear for them, and they wanted me to go to Slimming World. And so I love that Slimming World fit, is a know,
0: prescription <laughs> for things like that. I <laughs> know. Right, but
1: uh, I you, don't, we don't.
0: won't go into it. You already know my, my well, and all the listeners already know yeah. my stance on World. The yeah. business, not we people do. Yeah, who do, do it, just <laughs> the company himself and no, the bad business. The business. But, but, um, I, I, just, one thing I will say is I love the way that they're in so many people's pockets. Or not even that, but it's so well marketed that it's the first place to turn to. It's Notice how it's like, oh, not, here's an exercise programme, let's work with some local gyms to help, or here's a personal training because who gives a crap about us, right? Um, you know, here's, here's a subscription to go and ha- stand on the scales on a Monday evening and be judged in front of a group of people.
1: Fantastic. On your... Yeah, on your... It just... And it doesn't help anyone because, again, it is leading into that your worth is in what you weigh. And we both know that weight can be very different for different people. Mm -hmm. You could stand next to someone who has and more bone density and more muscle underlying muscle structure, who could be the same weight as someone who has more body fat and therefore looks larger. So it's just not a great way of doing it unless you're going to get down into the finer intricacies, DEXA scan. Or well, this way.
0: is why we've um...
1: so yeah, so they suggested. So
0: we've just bought an in body scanner, we've just bought an in body scanner for yeah, uh, which is what we weren't going to do because we've been doing it the old school way skin calipers and stuff like that but as you probably know it's quite invasive it's not very yeah. nice um but we we've just, yeah. we just would literally just hide it for a couple of days ready and for, for those listening not sure what on earth I'm just speaking about these things um are basically they measure inside the body as well so it gives you a complete breakdown your body fat your bone density as Bond said before so and and you could, the reason why I like it is because I can actually explain to people, yes, you may weigh this amount, but, you know, but this, you know, you're actually healthier because of this, you're stronger bone, you're holding onto a lot of water in it, in the muscle tears and stuff. Rather than just explaining that, I can print off a piece of paper and go, there you go, there's everything you need to know. And then they will usually accompany it by, oh, I never knew, I never saw things like that before. Do you know why? Because no one's telling you, everyone's telling you to lose weight, lose weight, lose weight, lose weight, you know
1: yeah and that is and that's the that's the so they suggested that i go to swimming well but they had already decided the adoption wasn't going to go ahead we fought it because the court guardian actually felt it was the wrong decision mm. and wanted us to pursue it but a lot of local authorities have ways and means of just do, going ahead and doing what they want so they did and so it never came through and i was in a really deep dark place you know i started out 2019 feeling utterly horrific we had um the, the, the child that we were fostering had to stay with us for another three months after the decision was made um, it was the hardest mm. three months I've ever had because I wasn't allowed to say anything um and it was very difficult so it wasn't a good place to be in um, and as we were coming towards the end of that time and um, my husband and I had arranged to go to Finland the day after he left um, because we felt that with well, somewhere that's in, you know that I is somewhere you can just go and just reset. Yeah. Um, And we decided that a week away together was probably the best thing we could do. And um, I'd start to think about, you know, yes, I do actually want to do something about my weight because I don't feel good in my body. Um, You know, I'm not always well and I want to do something about that. But I'm really sick of doing all these different diets. And I had even at the start of 2020, I did um, the G plan diet. Have you ever heard of that? That's a new
0: one to me. Doctor
1: whatever his name is. Oh, he does it with all the celebrities. And all you eat is broccoli and chicken. And my God, you're fed up of it within a fortnight. And <laughs> just, and you smell awful. So that was kind of my last-ditch attempt. And I realized by the end of that, I am just miserable. Yeah. And this isn't lasting. And I don't feel any better. And I'm sick of it. And how do I change this? And by chance, I was scrolling through Instagram. And I think I'd used the hashtag. I was scrolling through the hashtag swimming World because I was thinking, well, if they're saying that's what I've got to do, maybe. Now, really fortunately for me, someone who was in the James Smith Academy had literally just won his, I think it was the Fiji Challenge back right. then, and she had been in Slimming World. So she had used the hashtag Swimming World on her account in the past, but because of her, I got to see who James Smith was. Okay. And obviously I went across to where he was, started watching his videos, and my mind was blown because here was someone going you haven't got to restrict yourself you haven't got to live this hellish life this is you know here's what you need to do find out how many calories you need to be eating do some exercise do something you enjoy Um, because I was convinced I had to go running because that was what all my friends were doing and I'm a really pants runner Um, and so like it was just suddenly oh here we go so, in the meantime, um, so I have fundraised for the charity Calm for quite a few yeah. years through my old work. Um, um, so, before the pandemic hit, I was an artist um, and I used to donate proceeds of every sale that I made of my art to Calm. There's something that I'm very passionate <laughs> about. Um, obviously, mental health is something that I'm passionate about. And I experienced my first experience of suicide was at 18 and was someone I was close to and it was a a man and so therefore it's something that I've always been passionate about and they um, knew that I was having a really tough time they knew what happened at Christmas and they said look we know it's a really long shot because there's (laughs) there's only 13 weeks to go but we've just been given a space on the London marathon and we wondered if you'd like it so bearing in mind the most I'd ever run at this point was 10k I'm hitting the scales at 23 stone and I'm not in the shape of my life. But I spoke to my friend. Thankfully, my friend Helen is actually a GB marathon runner. And I just messaged her and said, look, you know, is this ridiculous? Now, she says now, like she knew I might never make it through the marathon, but she knew the focus of that training would get me through those few yeah. months. So I took my place and I started training. So six weeks after I first started training, I um, did my first ever half marathon. Um, I was pretty damn shocked that I could do yeah. it. And um, by then, I was already in the James Smith Academy. I'd been in there for about a month, and um, kind of no, nearly two months. By then, I think, kind of in the deficit, so I'd lost a little bit of weight. I was feeling better in myself. I'd been going to the gym for the first time ever because I was so gym avoidant. It was untrue. And I did the marathon. I completed it um, in the time a tortoise would, of course, oh. <laughs> but I did it. <laughs> Um, unfortunately during that marathon I suffered half marathon, I suffered a stress fracture right. through my tibia. Um and so with like I think there was like four weeks to go to the actual marathon, I was out. That was it, I couldn't do it. And although I was devastated at the time, um life has a wonderful way of giving us opportunities in amongst all the rubbish. Absolutely. Stuff. And what it meant was I had to stop running and in stopping running I discovered resistance training. And um, I got in the gym because I wanted to be active still because I was part of the James Smith Academy. I was taking part in one of his challenges at that point, and I had goals for myself. And um, so I I picked up a bar and someone said, have you done that before? And I said, do I look like the kind of person (laughs) that's lifted stuff? (laughs) And they said, well didn't want to be rude but no (laughs) um and but you shouldn't be that strong already and i said oh is this strong is it i had no no clue absolutely no clue um and they said yeah that that is a bit i think i picked up like 90 kilos or something in a deadlift i thought that was quite normal okay no no Um, it's not (laughs) and um (laughs) i know that now (laughs) i didn't know that then I think they gave me, like, 50, then 60, and they were just flying off the floor, and then we got to 90, and I was like, all oh, right, this, this feels it good. It? It's probably
0: at least 70% of so, um... on my one rep max right there, if I'm honest with you, and that's, that's on a good day.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> so, and that's why, this is why, when I'm putting stuff on social media about me lifting, I always put the caveat, don't base what you should be able to lift on what I can, because I do know it's not yeah. normal. Um, But I also say, you know, I carried around an extra human Mm. for 20 years. Like by the time I got to the end of my dieting or market research, I was 13 stone heavier than when I first ever started. So 20 years of carrying around that is going to make you stronger, quite frankly. Like, And this is what I want to say. If there's anybody out there listening to this who is currently in a larger body and is thinking, I can't do it. You have the tools. Mm. They're just currently well hidden. And have the confidence because you'll be surprised, um, because I certainly was. So, thankfully for me, the current world's strongest woman at that time lived three miles down the road from me and was given a talk. All right. So, um, someone said to me, You need to go along and, and have a, t- you know, go and meet her. So, I did, and we had a chat, and we're now friends. Um, and I said to her, Cause, You know, this is where I'm at. You know, I, I kind of enjoy lifting. And so one of my friends has said, I should look at strong woman, but I don't even know what that is. <laughs> Um, and obviously, we had a great chat, and she was like, "Yeah, absolutely, you should be." Um, so I spent the rest of that year kind of preparing for my first novice sort of strong event in the November. Um, set myself goals, uh, got my deadlift to 120, um, which was great, um, and then competed in the first sort of novice strong, and had a great time. And actually, realised it wasn't about winning it or being the best at it, but I just really enjoyed the environment, the atmosphere. And the thing I was learning was I was no longer focusing on what my body looked like. I actually was just focusing on the enjoyment of doing exercise. So that was year one. And then obviously um, year two was when the pandemic hit us. Um, Fortunately, I got out a couple of times in the January and February. The good 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 old old days of the pandemic. And I was still working as an artist. Yeah. (laughs) It, feel like, it feels like years ago. Um, so I was still working as an artist at the time, but still training. i looking forward to doing more events um, and, you know, just really enjoying. Training was part of my day-to-day life. Um, and when the pandemic hit, I couldn't do my art stuff anymore because I predominantly taught children. Right. Children are full of germs. Mm. I'm someone who's immunosuppressed. Bad combination. Yeah. So I started out the pandemic thinking, well, what am I going to do now? So um, – and someone said to me, so famously, someone had said to me a year and a half previous, do you think you'll ever coach other people? And I told them to F off. I was like, don't be ridiculous. Why would I do that? Have you met me? So when it all hit, someone said to me, but you really enjoy your strength stuff. You should, uh, you should uh, train as a coach. So fa- thankfully, British weightlifting took a lot of their stuff online. Yeah. So um, I did my qualification in that. And then I've also been studying the strength and conditioning level four yeah. as well, um, because so I have a long term chronic disease that makes movement difficult from time to time. And I really wanted to be able to support people with that as well, because I understand how difficult it can be to exercise consistently and to not feel like you're letting yourself yeah. down on the days where you can't do as well. So I decided to go down the strength and conditioning route, mostly because it would give me that just that little bit more, um, you know, scope to do stuff. Um And then the rest, as they say, is history. I kind of I came across Jamie because a friend of mine had done his um, summer shred or whatever it was at that time. And she she won it and she felt amazing in herself. Um, But it was so much more than just what she looked like. She she felt fantastic. Um, And I was like, who is this guy? I need to go kind of look at this. And it was at that point that um, he was about to do the webinars for Focus. um, And I hopped on those. And the rest, as they say, is history. And um, I feel incredibly lucky to have had someone like him behind me um, because, you know, coming into the industry as you know, I'm still larger. I've still got a way to go on my own journey. um, But I'm very proud of the fact that it's almost three years that I've been consistently chipping away, um, you know, having a real life, but focusing on dropping body fat while getting stronger. Um, You know, in that time I've competed, I got to compete twice this year, despite the pandemic, which has been fantastic. Um, And yeah, it just and well, three times this year, if you include the Bulldog Gear Challenge um, and just reap the benefits of if we stick at this for the long term, rather than just seeing these things as ways to lose weight, because that's the other big thing I've learned is, when you focus on it as weight loss and you've got to just do it to lose the weight, you're always going to fail at some Absolutely. point because when you stop, then it's just, then what? Whereas I kind of look at it now that my overall goal is to be still in such a good state physically when I'm 90 that I can cause so much mischief. Um, you know, and I, I reap the benefits of what I do. and know you, we know I will. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it isn't about just now. Um, And I think the biggest shift for me was when I was doing all that market research, it was always about you will feel good when, and that when was always a size or a shape.
0: Yeah.
1: And now I feel good every day because I wake up and I go, I did something today for me. Yeah. And I don't hold my value in how I look. And we know this because I quite often put pictures of myself looking utterly ridiculous on social media because... I don't care. I'm not exactly trying to win anyone over, am I? So it doesn't, I'm married, so I don't <laughs> worry about that. <laughs> Although if he ever leaves me, I'm screwed. Um, <laughs> <but> <laughs> it's just being able to do that and know that we don't have to feel confident about our bodies in order to do these things as well. So, um, yeah, so to answer your earlier question, it's not a garage um, it was a building that me and my husband and our friends built in my back garden with an old conservatory and a lot of recycled gear that became my art studio, but this year became my gym. Well, it
0: looks fantastic. So um, I encourage anyone listening to go you. and do that immediately once this podcast is, episode is over. Go <laughs> and check out Bob. Go give her a follow anyway. Um is a uh, hashtag at be more bon. um but the go and have a look i uh, pay attention bon um and then go and check the go and check the images of what we're <laughs> talking about it looks awesome and i'm quite proud of my facility that, that i built from scratch um well my second one now but my first one not so much but my second one most definitely some like sometimes i walk in uh it's quite a moment but sometimes i walk into my own gym and i still now i opened up here yeah. Well, I had it all ready in April. But I still walk in now and pinch myself. That's the yeah. ah moment, Bon. Mom. That's what you're supposed to oh, say. That's, that's that's so lovely. You know, that's what you're supposed to say. Aww. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> no, but
1: it is. I was. Sorry, sorry. I'm not very good at saying, <laughs> oh, but it is. That is that moment, yeah. isn't it? If you walk in there and you go, oh, I did this. Yeah, absolutely.
0: But it's as cool as yeah. mine looks. I
1: don't have that when I...
0: No, it's...
1: I, I don't have that in mind. I walk in and I, I remember the 300 walk-in lunges, the mm. 200 push-ups, the running in that weighted vest because that's how that started.
0: <laughs> yeah, so you, mine are more thunder of memories. Um, but, yeah, I encourage everyone to go and have a look. It looks, <laughs> you've got the neon lights going on. Um, obviously, you, you've affiliated with mm. Bulldog gear, so, um, you know, all of your equipment is spot on, which is...
1: Well, that's my pinch-me, yeah, that's my pinch-me moment but, but
0: this is the thing and i think sometimes um the, the, these these pinch me moments are strange when you look back you know back to those those early years where you mentioned before to think where you are now it's it, that is one big pinch me moment you Yeah, know, to think back when you was at this stage mm-hmm. of your life or um you know even when you in, in the courtroom and obviously during that very t- terrible experience in your life to to think of where you are now it's weird sometimes i I feel like if I go back to the person this asthmatic skinny lad that hated pe at school um, you know and would when I did eventually go to the gym at seventeen you know I'd be sniggled out because I'm just like that was a stick um and I'm five foot five um and then I got into training gained two and a half stone most of that was muscle but not all of it um and suddenly the same what's <laughs> ironic is the same people the the bros are the people that now ring me for advice which is funny in itself so but yeah. it is one of them when i look back at, at certain points i'm like God, if i was to go back now and give myself a bit of a slap and go don't worry it's it you're going to be here at some point but then i don't because i it would have changed it would have altered the course of of where i am now and, and i'm sure you agree uh, everything you you have Absolutely. to go through these yeah. things to uh, it's, all, it's all learning curve and i do a lot of poor more work poor more stuff so you know I, I always i never look back or or, or, or care too much in fact some, sometimes i i don't care enough now and that's part, part of the problem um but that's where our paths cross mm. right through focus and that was i've just realized i, I was having a look that yeah. was a year ago Because that was in November.
1: Yeah, a year ago, the end of this week, I launched, yeah.
0: Which is fantastic. So So, how's your um, first year been?
1: Been a pretty... Mind-blowing. I genuinely, genuinely did think that I would be sat here a year later with maybe three friends I'd coerced into being my clients, um, you know, and wondering when it was going to get any better. So it's very surreal to me that I am sat here a year later with the clients that I have, um, you know, that are growing month on month um, with the voice that I have in the community yeah. for the message um, that I've connected with other people on that message. Um, obviously I've continued to work with Jamie throughout um, and he's very supportive of my message um, and really kicks me up the backside to be myself more um, and to not be afraid to say what I need to say. Um, I released the book, didn't I, earlier yeah. in the year? Um, which is just kind of a little that's you know something that can help children and young people understand where their value comes what's from what's that book called Paul? um and also obviously it's called how to be more body and it's just it's it's just Jamie said to me go hungry caterpillar simplify it which is really hard for me because I'm a very wordy human yeah. being um, and that hurt my head more than anything else this last year I was right and I'd, I'd send him a draft and he'd go too many words get back mm-hmm. to it. Um, But, yeah, it's done in such a way that anybody can read it, adult, child, whatever. But it talks about, you know, our value isn't just in how we look, but we can work on ourselves for the long term. Um, It talks about energy balance and all the rest of it. And just kind of is a a good little tool for people wanting to encourage others to feel good about themselves in the right way. Um, And obviously from there, then there was the Bulldog Gear Challenge in July, which... I simply entered to just show my clients that sometimes if we push ourselves out of our comfort zone, good things can happen. Um, I didn't know how good the things were going to be. I just thought it was going to be a case of I would complete something I would never have done before and feel good about it. Um, To to go on to win it and then obviously end up becoming affiliated with them um, and, you know, being able to work alongside them has been an absolute dream because they were a brand I've followed since my beginning of my own journey Mm. Um, I really appreciate their core values and how they are Um, so it is it's very much been a year of pinch me Um, and long may it continue absolutely Um, and I think I'm finding my finding my feet and finding that confidence now to kind of speak up a bit more and I've settled in um, but, yeah, it's been – and just to see the change in other people's lives um, has been the biggest privilege I could ever ask for. Well, that for. is the big
0: one, isn't um,
1: it? You know, and – That
0: is the yeah, – Because the, the, yeah. you know, I, I, I think when people – it would be different. What what was, for me, would have been different for you? I got into PT because I'm like, oh, I'm, you know, I've I've managed to transform my own body doing this and, and deal with my own anxiety. This has been a game changer Um and oh, I'm going to do it as a job, but so did the other thirty people sat in that room on that course with me and I'm friends with about five of them, none of them are pts and and the difference is and that's the difference is because I quickly realized actually this is about more than just that and the big one for me is is when i yeah when when you impact people's lives, there is nothing more rewarding. Than, than than that, and and I don't think no. personal trainers, um, and like I said from earlier in the podcast, sometimes bad eggs give give that bad impression. But that's why I feel like, and I'm going to say both Joe Wicks and James, they and Jamie, they 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 do bear that torch. I think in two different, very polar opposite ways, but they do they do really bear that torch and 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 open up the eyes actually we We're more than just people who stand there and just say right do some deadlifts like it's a it's an emotional journey it's it's like we we're genuinely in an industry where people who are doing this to help you you know and it's not just about I can help you lose weight um sadly that's sometimes how I have to market myself which I don't like to do but it's that's business what what my biggest transformation is when I take people from a to where they think they want it to be to get to the point where actually they suddenly now care. To the level of where you were you know yeah. where actually i can deadlift this this is amazing i want to do more of this and ironically i think you agree the weight loss starts to happen once you stop fixating on it and actually start caring about the other factors in, in the gym. i was going to
1: say there is a shift now because when i advertise stuff i don't focus on weight loss anymore you'll notice mm. there are no before and after comparison photos Um, That nothing because I really want to see that shift more in the industry Mm. and I do actually just share instead people's experience, what it's felt like to Mm. change Um, and I think we are going to see a massive shift to more of that. I think more and more before and after transformations will become outdated because they don't show everything that is there and people want to know more and they are becoming more inquisitive and they are starting to understand it is more than how you look Um, and I think that's really exciting Um, And a really exciting place to be, particularly if you are someone who is there. If you become a PT or a coach so that you can tell people what you did for other people, you are in the wrong industry Mm. and you won't you won't go far. If you become a coach or a PT so that when your client says to you, thank you so much, I couldn't have done this without you. You can turn around and say, but you chose up. You chose to turn up and do Mm. this. Like and literally just show them that it's them. Because ultimately, we could be here saying what we're saying, and if they don't make the choice to do the stuff, pointless. Absolutely. So it relies on those individuals choosing to do that for themselves, and I think it's so important. If you do that, you will win the game. Yeah. Because you will empower people to understand that it's them that choose to do it.
0: Yeah, it's it's autonomy.
1: It's great to have people... Yeah, absolutely. And that's really important, is encouraging people to to believe in themselves and to have the confidence to carry on. So um, I'm excited for the future for the fitness industry because I do think big change is coming. Um, And I think it's a really exciting time to be a part of that and to see what happens next.
0: 100 percent. And, uh, and uh, you know, the pandemic is... As horrible as it's been, um, you know, f- things for, for all of us in individual ways. Um, I think that the, the best thing, from well, that I personally take from it is, from a well, a large scale, is the, the 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 boom that the fitness industry has had after. Isn't because it's some new, you know, hot thing at the minute. No, it's because it took a pandemic for people to really go wow like uh, you know i've got walking again i didn't do because the only i never started walking until boris said it was the only thing i was allowed to do you know i haven't i am yeah. my cardio is improved i'm feeling better you know I, i'm feeling stronger and it's like these are the things that have been the, the the best thing to come from from you know the pandemic which you know is a terrible thing but it was
1: We took it for granted, didn't we? It was just there. We could access it, so we never did. And when something's taken away from you and you suddenly realise its value, then you're not going to want to waste that in the future. And I think that's just so important. Mm. And we now value life more because we know it's not a given that we get to do everything we want to do all the time and have that freedom. You know, even though for me it's been an incredibly tough almost two years getting that Mm. way. Um, You know, with having to stay at home, with being separated from friends and family, um, you know, and and has been tough in that way. It's actually been the best, what is it, it must be about 20 months now, isn't it? It's been the best 20 months of my adult life because we've been afforded opportunities to stop, slow down, think, value things that we never had that before. So for all that it's sucked and, you know, I feel incredibly sad for those that I've lost. Um and the difficulty that has been, there are some very good things that have come out of it too, and I think one of those is people valuing their health Absolutely. is an important one. I love
0: that. Yeah. Valuing your health, not your body image, your health. You know, and, and that's what the that's what yeah. the key factor there that people need to, to understand that, that there's, there's it is, wealth in health, it's... right? You know, and that's what it's all about.
1: Absolutely. And that's why I am shouting more and more about, I've said to you before, about the body neutrality, because we have body confidence, which talks about you should feel good in your body, regardless of size. um, Or you should feel good about your body, regardless of size. Um, And then we have the polar opposite where people are saying you shouldn't feel good about yourself. But actually, in the middle, there is something called body neutrality. Mm -hmm. And that says your value as a human being is not tied up in what you look like, but you can enjoy moving your body and what you can do with it and you can feel confident about that so i yeah i just want to reassure people that if you're stuck in the middle thinking i don't fit either one of those what on earth am i going to do it's fine it's actually okay to not feel confident about your body but you can learn to feel confident in it by doing some exercise because you can start you can only get better at the end of the day it's one of those fantastic things where you can start at the very bottom. And you you can't complete fitness. No. You can't do it and then it's done. You can always progress on your journey, Um, which isn't that cool to have something you never get to complete, but you can just do forever?
0: Equally frustrating for some people. I can understand why. Yeah, I know. I I can understand why people are frustrated by that fact. It's not what people want to hear, which is, you know, people want to get from A to B as fast as they can. And one thing that I'll, I'll catch people out when they'll go, I'll go, what's your goal? Oh, I want to lose some weight. Okay, great. How much? Uh, well, I want to lose two stone. Exactly. Right? It's always, oh, two stone, exactly. And then I'll go, okay, and then what? And no one knows how to answer that question because they don't know. They're not thinking that far ahead. They're just, and I'm like, well, you're, you're, you're probably going to find it harder to stay there than you are to, to get there. So have you actually thought about that? Uh, uh well, 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 no. I'm like, so why are you bothered? And in the second question, is who know who who else knows that number other than you and that machine? N- no one. And I'll tell that story about my wedding <laughs> in Cyprus. My mum comes up goes oh, how much weight you've lost? I've lost a pound mum, Behave. But what she sees is yeah. what she believes she's seeing. You know, in actual fact, no. Yeah. Mum, I got a hell of a lot stronger, got a hell of a lot leaner, felt on top of the world. Probably the 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 fittest I've ever personally felt in my entire life, and all I've lost is a pound, you know. But 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 you, yeah. it, that's the, and it's not. God bless her, but that's the attitude. That that I'm personally trying, and I think that kind of falls into the the. the I, that's the first time I'd heard that, that term. On, I'm actually going to name this episode on it because I think that's yeah. absolutely cool. um <laughs> But I've kind of been. there It's
1: interesting though, because yeah, and if you if you search that hashtag on Instagram, so the whole premise of body neutrality is that we're not focusing on what bodies look mm. like, so there should be no. Trying to represent bodies in certain ways. But if you look for that hashtag on social media, I can guarantee you, because I got my niece to have a look and scroll through all the posts, 99% of the posts that use that hashtag are still displaying female bodies in certain poses in order to display that body. So it's why, if you look at my account, you'll see me wrestling a tiger, pulling a stupid face. You know, standing funny and taking the mickey because it's not about mm. that. It's about how you feel in yourself based on the value you have, how you feel when you do exercise because of the long term benefits of it. And it is like you've just said about the two stone. I haven't weigh. I only weigh now if I'm competing and I need to know which weight category I'm going to be in, or if I'm at the hospital and they need to know what my weight is to titrate medication. Yep. That's it. Yep. I do not weigh myself. Um, because for me, there is no end goal. Mm. Um, this is about being fitter, healthier, happier, stronger, all of those things for the rest of my life. And they don't end. Yeah. So so long as I'm focusing on those, and I know there will come a day where I will feel like, okay, yeah, your body fat's gone enough now that you can stop with the with the calorie deficit and you can go to maintenance. And I'll know when that is, mm. because I'll know when I look in the mirror what I feel like. And it will have nothing to do with what I weigh. Yeah. Absolutely nothing to do with it. And I think it's really important for people to look past that thing of what do I weigh and, you know, use other things. Like, have you got a piece of clothing that you could get into before that you absolutely loved? Work towards that. You don't need the scales for that. And in fact, with exercise, you might find you get into it sooner than you realise and you will feel fantastic for it. So it's finding other ways of marking your progress You know, photos are fantastic. I wish I had more photos of me at my heaviest. I have very few because I wouldn't let people take Mm. pictures. And I regret that now because memories are in photographs. You know, how many mothers are not in enough photographs with their children because they're so consumed by the fact they don't fit society's ideal of what they should physically look like? How many children in the future will not have enough pictures of their mothers to look at and remember when they are gone? Mm. You know, And same with fathers. How many fathers are, are not feeling they can be in pictures with their children because of how they look? And actually, that doesn't matter because your children will not remember you for that. No. They will remember you for who you are. So um, definitely shifting away from a weight as a goal and shifting into how you feel in yourself and, and what are you doing for the long term. They are my main things these days.
0: I agree 100% with that. Um, so to bring this down for London then, but. What's next for Bob? Yeah. What's the, what's the next thing?
1: Well, <laughs> well um, I am working on writing a uh, more full book mm-hmm. um, about how to be more Bond. Um, obviously, I have survived some pretty uh, gnarly stuff in life, shall we say. Um, and I know that some of that, I am learning to accept that that is down to how I choose to think mm-hmm. um, and how I choose to navigate those things. And so I want to be able to share that with people. Um, I shall continue to run my programs for people, although I've shifted the focus again with, for, with that. Um, my, my final six week one for 2021 launches later this week. And I've gone for something that doesn't have weight loss in it anyway.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Obviously it's a fantastic side effect of it. Um, but I've decided to be brave and to say I'm putting a challenge out there, but I'm not saying it's about weight loss. No. Um, and just seeing how that flies. um, because I think it's time for us to do things like that and to show people that actually they could spend six weeks learning to love something that they thought they couldn't um, themselves as well as the exercise. Um, So, yeah, it's exciting times. Obviously, more stuff with Bulldog on the cards in the future. Um, It's just exciting. I'm just excited all the time. (laughs) Same. Same. And, uh, yeah, just And obviously being braver and more confident to speak out about this stuff um, and um, challenge people's perception um, and kind of see where that goes. I recently put a video of myself running on TikTok um, and it was really interesting. TikTok's a really friendly place, actually. People are really nice. Um, But it was interesting how many people, when they don't know my whole history, assumed that that was the first time I'd ever been out for a run. And obviously I've completed a half marathon. So it's challenging people's perceptions um, around our physical bodies um, and what that means, and just focusing on the long term.
0: Yeah, and a lot of the time, people's perceptions is not always you know people's having a perception doesn't make them a bad person. It just means that nope. they've just they've just been following the wrong the wrong teachings, the wrong guidance, I think, and. and my perception personally has been changed a hell of a lot over the last few years. Um, Sometimes because I've been doing this gig for quite a few years, it's harder because sometimes I'll go back and call myself out on things that I've said or things that I believed that I don't know, you know, and it took a few life, life experiences to change that. Turning 30, um, my wife and i lost a baby there, there is different things that, that covid there are different things in life that make you you kick out yourself a little bit so um challenging challenging yeah. um perceptions is, is is good it's good for the world because sometimes it needs to teach us yeah. to challenge our own our uh, our own perceptions on things and
1: absolutely
0: i um, I've done a lot of work absolutely. with paul Moore and i was fanboying him last uh, the other weekend um and i got into a good conversation with him and i literally and said you know what you, you you've kind of changed my life which he gets all the time um but because and and, and he's very modest and he was like i didn't you did you know and and kind of ties into what you said before which is you know bringing in autonomy a true a true coach doesn't speak about how oh look at me look at all my results and there is a bit of that because i'm pretty good at what i do but there is also a case (laughs) of what i like to showcase is the the transformations that, that the people that i work with have and and when when you know that their mindset has completely shifted that's when you have Got it. I'm like you now. You now don't need me anymore. You can do this a hundred percent on your own. And yeah. I'm modest enough to say that. Like everyone likes repeat business, but that's not why. If, if I wanted money, I'd, I'd get into a different industry, as I'm sure you know. I'm in this industry because of moments like that, um, when people come up to me and go that they've reversed their diabetes and they've gone into a pre pre diabetic state. But and I'm like, I and they're like, oh, thank yeah. you so much. I'm like, I may have helped you. You did that. I didn't do that. Uh, your body. Yeah. You did that. Yeah, you chose and teaching yeah. people th- and making people aware. of, Fuck yeah, I I did do that. That for me, greatest um, yeah. reward greatest. For, for, for for my job personally. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. We're now going to have to record this re-record this podcast because you just said fuck and I've kept my language clean
0: <laughs> throughout, and that is
1: unheard of. So I now feel like I haven't actually been bonded. <laughs> So um, maybe I should just say bugger and bollocks. There you a go, times, and I'll keep just that to in. even that I, out I'll there. keep
0: that in. Um, I, <laughs> I, sometimes it slips out of me, but um, yeah, in, in, in this situation, don't be more bum, be more sully. So go go, <laughs> go for, for that shit.
1: <laughs> I mean, I, I am I am known for having an utterly foul mouth. Um, apart from when my mother in law is round, I'm very well behaved in front of her. Yeah. But um, I'm I've been good throughout. I was being nice, but I will take that back. I should have stated fuck it. That. I should have
0: stated it a bit. It, yeah, I should have said, "Fuck the listeners." They they love to swear and run and and, and, and that. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, I've been doing it. Had the to... listeners are going up, so hopefully <laughs> <laughs> it's not putting up exactly. too many people.
1: Well, people people want to see genuine people. I remember years ago, I had three students over from the Netherlands doing their social work degree. And um, they gave me a present when they left for taking care of them while they were here and working with them, and it, it was a plaque that said, "I'm a um, what was it? I'm a I'm an intelligent woman who says fuck a lot." Brilliant. It just about summed me up, really. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All uh, right, Bon. For, honestly, <laughs> but the, bon. before this takes the left turn, um, so. It was it's fantastic. It was fantastic to to have you on and, and hear your story. It's always inspirational. Any time we get into Thank a conversation with you, and, and this time it's great because you know my listeners got to be a part of that as well. Um, I will post some links in the description. Um, if you Go and give Bon a follow. Go and check out her her gym. You'll see what I mean. Um, and also I'll yeah. post a link to your book as well. Um, you can go and check that out. Um, bon, I was going to say don't be a stranger, but We'll, we'll bump into each other again at some point. I
1: reckon I'll see you later.
0: <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> yep. and when we, so, yeah, um, excellent. Thank
0: you very much for, for, for coming on. And, um, yeah. No, thank you for having me. All, all the best. All right. Take care. Thank Take you. care, Bob.